Hello and welcome to another episode of uh, Wannabe Entrepreneur. Today I have another interview and I have a good friend of mine here to speak with, uh, Christy. Hey Christy, what's up? Hello, happy to be here. Well, we, we met each other in, uh, it's somehow related to Trivago, I guess. It's uh, my second company, so I after Trivago I worked for a startup called Weekend. And um, yeah, we we worked together. Uh, Christy worked as a kind of a full-time freelancer. I don't know if that's how it works, but uh, well, as a freelancer, but it worked uh, regularly with us. And uh, I guess also I, I learned recently that uh, the first impression that Christy had on me was not too good, right? Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> I did tell you <laughs> about it a while ago. I think the first impression, uh, yeah, when we first started working was a while ago. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was, uh, maybe I was going through a bad time and uh, there was nothing wrong with you. Maybe there was more uh, more <laughs> things wrong with me. I don't know. But yeah, uh, I think uh, that was a good start though, <laughs> because I uh, it uh, uh, was uh, easy to stay objective, and, you know. And to actually uh, figure out that uh, you're uh, a great professional and very nice to work with. So it's nice when you have surprises like these. Yeah, you could only it go is... get better, I guess. So like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I guess uh, Christy is more uh, in, into the, the front end, even though he also works with, with Java and in the back end. And uh, we were also work. I think our first project was more in the DevOps area. We tried to moving the website to, to Kubernetes. It was a fun journey. Yeah, I guess I would like to start, as I always do here in the interviews, to ask you, Christy, to introduce yourself to the listeners. Who is Christy? Who am I? Ah, currently, I am the uh, founder, owner, and part-time full-stack developer at uh, Citadel Hub, a company which uh, I started quite a while ago, but uh, it only started taking off, I think, a couple of years ago to the day. That's pretty much it. That's what my LinkedIn profile says anyway. <laughs> I guess we'll be talking today about that journey, the journey of creating your uh, Citadel Hub, the um, this consultancy company that you have. Uh, but I also wanted to ask uh, you, so what is your background? What, what did you study? Computer science and um, currently also trying to uh, finish my PhD thesis. <laughs> Uh, about yeah. autonomous vehicles, but mostly yeah, engineering and computer science. That's that's pretty much it. So the the, the PhD, by the way, which I find it super interesting, the fact that you can uh, both you know have your own company and and do a PhD. Why why did you decided to to do it? Well, you call it interesting. I call it a very <laughs> bad life choice. I don't know. <laughs> it's super stressful and um, it's definitely taking a toll on me. It's not as easy as I make it sound, maybe. It probably came from a very weird need to always stay busy. You know, yeah. I never like to, to have downtime, <laughs> unless it's a holiday, of course. But even then, I find some way to set up a meeting or do something. Yeah, when I, when I spoke with you, besides working super hard for, for, for weekend, you were also not only doing your PhD, but also managing a team and uh, also uh, giving classes. You know, you're also a, a teacher in the university. So th there's so many things always going on, right? I, I, I don't know. I just don't know how to function otherwise. And I yeah. tried. 
And as I said earlier, I, I still find uh, some way to do something, even yeah. on a holiday. <laughs> I remember I had a holiday two weeks ago, actually one month ago, and uh, I set up a meeting on a, on a Tuesday just because, yeah, I, I just couldn't say no, couldn't say no yeah, to, yeah. to a meeting. <laughs> I mean, I, I also feel the same if I if I think about it, like every time I was having holiday or doing something that uh, especially related to uh, studying that I, it was very boring for me. Like I felt that I couldn't stop on thinking about other initiatives and projects I could take over. So I guess it's also, yeah, it's a bit connected with this uh, entrepreneurial spirit. I think you need that. I mean, if you don't have this untamed desire to, to always do something and to, to grow and to just keep yourself busy. You can't really be a great entrepreneur in the end. But business is a more than a full-time job. It's True. a 24-7 job. So if you're not willing to, to do it like this, to, to take all that time out of your life, then I, I don't see much success in your future. I guess that's kind of the misconception that is sold by by movies that you see people, you know, starting companies and they always in the part of the hard work, they always do a video montage and they accelerate that process. But of course, yeah. that, that's a lot of a lot of work and it never stops. So so walk me through you, you finish your your studies and did you immediately start your company or did you start, try to work for someone else? I think um, as a legal entity, I founded it. I found, yeah, I started the company back in 2013. Okay. And it has existed since. Uh, yet uh, back then, I was a bit younger. And how old were you? I think I was 20. Yeah. 20. When yeah. I started it. Uh, but that was one of the first mistakes I did, by the way. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I did at the beginning was trying to jump into the, this whole thing without actually having the, the knowledge required to do it. I think it was great. I mean, I tried many things before, even before that, in some yeah. way or another. A lot of side projects. Yeah, lots of lots of side projects. Yeah. And 2013, yeah, I started it, as I said, as a legal entity, but definitely without the, the knowledge that I needed and with other things that I had in 2019 when it actually started taking off somehow. Did you already have in mind what you wanted to do with the company? I think I, I, I've known that since I was 10. Whoa. Maybe, first of all, let, let's introduce a little bit what, what you do in the company. So Citadel yeah. Hub is a consultancy company, right? So you help yeah. other companies to either extend their team with some extra help or you take over whatever project they, they need you to do, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're a small software development agency. And by small, I mean somewhere around under 10 people, let's say. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll expand on that later. There's a reason for that. Uh, and we uh, we do team augmentation, as you said, and end-to-end uh, -end development. You, I mean, with 10 years old, I'll think that I wanted to be, I guess, an astronaut or a soccer player, but you already knew that you wanted to build a consultancy company. Well, a company in general. A, a company in general. Ah, okay. I knew for sure that I, first of all, wanted to be an engineer of some kind. Probably has something to do with how I set up my mind with, with the books I read, with the movies I saw. Right. And I think that the, the coolest guy or girl uh, person that uh, I noticed in any kind of sci-fi movie was the engineer, right? So that's yeah. who I wanted to be. And I always know, I've always known <laughs> that I want to be an engineer. It's funny also that you say that uh, the coolest guy or, or gal was the engineer, because I, I would 
say that most of the people don't think that. They always think that, you know, the action person uh, is the normally the hero and the engineer is always the sidekick. So it's funny already that you had this in mind. So that somehow for you being an engineer, which makes total sense, was, you know, being the hero and the crucial part of any action or sci-fi movie. That's the thing. I, I see the engineer as the as the hero. Yeah, you know, exactly. Looking at every uh, sci-fi uh, movie or TV show, you're gonna, you know, those those spaceships or whatever, you know, they work because there's someone there, the engineer or the team of engineers that are keeping it uh, in one piece. Yeah. So, 20 years old, you decide to start a company. Did you ever work for someone else? No, when I um, when I started this company, or at least the legal entity, because that's yeah. how I I like to separate it somehow. Okay. Um, no, I didn't have that much experience, and I think that was one of the biggest mistakes I did. But um, right, and that's why it didn't really take off until six to seven years later. Um, gotcha. So, so. When would you consider that your com- company became an actual company and not a legal entity? Uh, at I what, think at uh, the end of 2019. That's, 2019. Uh, yeah, end of 2019. And, and um, yeah, the, the prospects were nice. Uh, but that's when it started because that's when I, you know, I, I started actually getting to know, to have more contacts, getting to know more contacts and starting to actually... Um, promote the the business idea until then i was kind of a sole freelancer you were the only employee of your own company and you're like doing jobs and gigs for other companies Uh, yeah was that it how did you got your first clients you know you're you have 20 21 22 years old you're getting your first clients, and um, how how did you get them? I think the first customer came, uh, first solo customer came uh, in 2018. Because yeah, until then I I had different side projects, but it was never really taking off the way I wanted it to. So for a few years, I worked for different companies. I think three mm-hmm. companies in total, where I where I got the knowledge, where I learned a lot more, where uh, I learned how to to be a better communicator. I think that's one mm-hmm. of the most important things and get get a lot more uh, skill more technical skill skill yeah uh, because yeah you can be uh, self-taught you can be a self-taught individual you can learn these things in in programming quite easily by yourself but you, you still need some production experience which is uh, which is extremely valuable i totally agree with that yeah and i, I think also that if I go back to to my own example, right? I I, I learned most of these things how to become a developer in in Trivago and in in weekend, not at college actually. So a lot of things I didn't even know after uh, finishing college. Also because maybe I didn't have I didn't study uh, computer science. I study electro uh, elect- electronics and computers, so I, we had like both. But um, there's I guess this myth that. Uh, that's how it should be, right? You, you need to start it from the beginning. So why do you think that these people were able to start it from the beginning and uh, even though they didn't have the experience maybe that is required? Extremely passionate and determined people. You know, they just knew what they wanted and then they just did it. Um, did the going to, to computer science help them? I think it did somehow, but 
these kinds of people, I mean, we're talking about people who, who built a billion dollar company in the end. Right. Um, well, they tend to be, you know, smarter, above average, you know, smarter. Even if we like them or not, they, they are quite smart. You, you got to give them that. Um, so these are really very extreme examples anyway. You know, there are a few of them. There are not so many of them. Not everyone can start off a huge company out of college just because they go to college. Something that people need to understand. And this is something I tell the, the students I work with. And one of the reasons why they might hate me is that I don't really like to see people who don't have passion in this field. I think it's super important to be extremely passionate about this field because I'm comparing my own experience, right? As I told you, I knew what I wanted to be from far back as I can remember. So when I see someone coming to, to computer science that's just coming here for the money or that's just coming here because, uh, yeah, it's... <sighs> Yeah, it's computers and everyone is doing computers. Yeah, and it's, it's what just their parents told no, them to do. Yeah. It's not just a skill. It's, that's what I try to tell people. It's not just a skill. You you have to be super passionate about it. Sure, I mean, there are many, many roles you can have. You don't have to be a, a software developer. You can be a project manager. You can be, you can do many things in this field, yeah. for sure. But that passion, you know, feeling the need to not just do the, the school project, with the minimum amount of effort, but doing more and more and adding that library and trying to rewrite that thing and make it better and make it amazing. And that's what I want to see. And that's what I like to see. And I think that's super important. And even though maybe they are above average, they also had to learn a lot of things and probably having some experience in, in working in other companies, they would have learned, like, for instance, being a good communicator, right? So that's something that you that you I also totally agree with you. It's crucial because in the end, you might be, you know, the smartest person in your company. But if you need the others, you know, you need to work with others. You cannot do everything alone. And if you cannot communicate with them, uh, it's like it's like you don't exist, you know. And uh, so tell me a little bit how what have you learned from uh, from in this area of becoming a better communicator? If you can like pinpoint a couple of things that, you, that you've learned. So I think there are a couple of levels of... Uh of communication so as a as a team as part being part of the of a team you need to be able to work to with the others with your teammates you need to be able to express what you need to ask the right questions and be able to help and understand other people's problems and you need to be an empathic human being to to work in a team and then there's the second level being a good enough communicator to talk to the client to the customer mm. to to make them feel good during the process. You need to know how to communicate with the customer to acquire him in the first place. One thing that I noticed by working with you uh, at weekends, so when, when we had our retrospectives, which are basically meetings where the full team gets together and analyzes what went well and what didn't, you were always very vocal and you were not afraid to criticize what needed to be criticized. So how do you manage to be able to you know give feedback to someone and criticize something without being, you know, hated by by the team. It can go both ways, I think. <laughs> you can easily <laughs> be hated by the team. But if you, yeah, confrontation is part of a good any good relationship. If you're afraid of confrontation in any kind of business relationship, yeah, I think there's something wrong there. So there's always going to be confrontation. The idea is... You know, the point is that how do you say the the difficult things 
you can be hated if you only think about yourself in a team, right? And mm-hmm. I think that most of the most of the things that I was saying in those ret- retros you mentioned were beneficial for the team as a whole, somehow. Right. And yeah, mixing it up with a bit of humor helps. Yeah, you know, great, great thing to, to have yeah. that really helps uh, alleviate the tension. Being very vocal doesn't mean complaining all the time, but complaining at the right times. Yeah. Um, and not really complaining, but just saying the things, the difficult things that everyone is thinking, and maybe some people are yeah. afraid to do it. And giving constructive, constructive giving feedback. Constructive yeah. feedback, exactly. Even if it's painful at times, it's very important to do. And, mm-hmm. and, that, and that comes with experience too. And also yeah. having a great team. And I think at, at weekend, we worked with people that were very open-minded and very open to get um, feedback from the others. And I think that also helps a lot. Let's go back in to, to your path, your journey to Citadel. So, okay, I understand now for the first years, you created a company, but you're not using that much. You are learning still from, from working to in other companies even. And then you said that in 2018, you nailed your first big customer. So tell me the story, how that happened. In these uh, companies that I worked for, so I was, you know, I started off as, as a junior developer coming from from uh, from college. That, that's how you start yeah. anyway. So you start as a junior developer, then you, you get more experience, you become a middle and then you become a senior developer. But in all of these companies, I always found myself trying to do more. Now, I always wanted to do more than my job implied. And maybe that annoyed some people, maybe some people like that. But I think most people were annoyed by it <laughs> because yeah. I was always trying to to get in touch with the customer, to to talk with the customer, to to understand the customer, yeah. to to do more than just the the tasks that were assigned to me and the project management tool, whatever. That was something that came to me naturally, and that was something that I just wanted to do all the time. And um, it was difficult. I I never really could stay in a company for too long because I got to the point where. I wanted to do more, but the job simply didn't need that or nobody really needed what I wanted to do. And that was disappointing. But um, I started traveling to, to Germany for uh, for a while as a student. Uh, I went to a lot of these um, hackathons, mm-hmm. Germany, the Netherlands and so on. And that experience was the most amazing thing, the most amazing experience that that I had, I think up to that point i was working in teams with people who had the same desire as me to develop something to build a product and i got to know a lot more people you know people from different countries from different uh, fields from and one thing led to another and i started getting off getting some some small projects you know doing some small projects by doing them and actually finishing them i I got good uh, recommendations good reviews i think that's how uh, i got my first big customer Uh, back then were you still working alone or would you already started getting more people to work with you i was still working alone um you you still need some uh, some money to start to yeah. truly start a company, to get employees, to, to grow your team. Of course, yeah. Um, and because everything I'm doing is fully funded by from my w- own wallet and nothing mm. else, uh, it did, I didn't need to work for a while before being able to even pay gotcha. the rent for an office and so on. So you, you got your first client and, uh, and for a while then you were working solo with a couple of clients and they were growing uh, for uh, by word of mouth? 
because you got re good recommendations or did you try to, you know, create a website and do some ads? How did you acquire customers there? Unfortunately, I don't even have a website now. I mean, there is something, but I wouldn't call it a website. So, yeah, sorry for that. If there are people who try to access it, you're just going to be met by a blank page and some some text. Yeah. Um, by by working in for these customers, uh, I was working with people, and I made friends with these people. Right. And uh, you know that's how uh, we met, and that's why this is happening, right? So networking. Yeah. Lots and lots of networking, and just by being a basic. Uh, okay human being uh, besides being doing your job uh, i made lots of friends in different countries and in different walks of life let's say yeah. and that they they recommend me right They're, now they recommend my company and there were some failures as well there were some uh, failures with some customers from your side or from their side I always like to say that it's from my side because there was something that I didn't, I mismanaged. Yeah. And what happens when you make a mistake? Like, do, do you make a discount? Do you say, okay, you're not paying? Like, what what happens in terms of payment? It depends on the on the customer. More often than not, you have to make a discount or you have to cut down on the hours or you have to do some extra work. Um, fortunately, there wasn't really uh, any case where the customer didn't pay at all. So maybe they paid for for a portion of that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they paid for some of the work. Uh, but getting to to uh, uh, to a middle ground there is very difficult, and you know it's one of those moments when when the confrontation happens. Yeah, and. It's not the greatest thing, you know, it's difficult, it's difficult to manage, but if you mm, find a way, first of all, it'd be great if you didn't get to that point, but, yeah, you know, the you reality will, you is will that always, right? you will, you will, yeah. you will, not always, but you will at some point. Yeah, it I mean, it's a more, point, yeah. more than once, more than once, and mm -hmm. you need to be able to handle that better than, or at least improve, you know, uh, make a mistake, improve the next time. Did you have customers screaming at you? Yeah, of course. Really? Somehow, making uh, calling me uh, names, calling me stupid. That no happens. way. You know, oh it's, my God. it's part of the job. <laughs> it is part of the job. How did you handle that? If someone really gets that confrontational, you have to dial it back. You have to dial it back a bit. I mean, if someone really gets that, if they get that upset, yeah, just uh, yeah. Cl cancel the call try it another time um there's no place for something like that in this business from my point of view but it has happened because when you're talking about money that you know it's it's a sensitive subject and one of the biggest things i learned um came out of one of the biggest mistakes i did never uh talk with someone when you're angry never reply to to an email when you're angry wow, yeah, never make never make a decision when you're angry uh, never call a customer when you're angry and that's why if it happens real time you know i have an angry customer and i'm angry myself because there is you know you, you cannot be if someone calls you stupid to your face you're gonna get angry whatever you say at that moment is probably bad but if it doesn't happen real time never never uh as i said never reply to a message never uh call someone never make a decision when they're angry. And that applies not only to clients, but applies also to, 
you know, when you're working with colleagues, and I think we all made that mistake, you know, getting a, a bad answer or bad response and immediately getting back super angry on Slack or whatever. And I, I totally agree. That's a, that's oh, yeah, a big absolutely. mistake, but everyone takes it and uh, it's a great, great tip. So I, now I want to understand the point when when you get your first employee, right? Because I find it that it's quite amazing the fact that you were able to get enough money on the site to not only rent an office, but also to but also to actually hire someone, right? So because hiring someone it's super expensive, you know? Like if you're paying whatever, I don't know, the salaries in, in Romania, but like even if it's like 40k or 30k, whatever per year, that's a lot of money that you need to have on the side. Uh, so for how long did you have to work until you actually hired your first employee? A year with better rates, let's say. The first, you know, the first, um, the first uh, member of the new team, let's, let's call it. For me, it was someone I've known for a long time, someone that I've, uh, I've had a good relationship with always, uh, someone I can call a friend for sure. Um, I, it's hard to convince someone else. Um, in this case, it's a senior developer, right? So um, it's hard to convince a senior developer, hey, come to my new company, which doesn't exist yet. Well, at yeah. least doesn't have any other people. I'm the only guy and we're going to do amazing things here. Now, that's very hard to do. So for me, it was someone that I've known for a while and I knew that uh, it was worth the risk because I definitely took a risk. It was a huge risk. Uh, an amazing risk because I didn't have, you know, all the budget. I didn't have it all planned out I took a huge risk, but I knew it was going to pay off, and it did pay off in the end. But it was, you know, there were a few, uh, there were a few months there, um, especially because it kind of happened at the beginning of the pandemic, or at least it started close to the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, you know, there were some sleepless nights there. There were some uh, sleepless nights alone in my house with the pandemic uh, happening in the background. It wasn't the greatest thing. But uh, when you come out on the other side, uh, the satisfaction is something that... Um, yeah just cannot be explained in words and uh, you, you also asked how do you get the budget for it well by making a lot lots of sacrifices because i knew this is the thing you know this is not just a fad this is not just a, a, uh, uh, something i'm gonna try for a while and yeah because it's nice being uh, a manager and having a couple of employees i knew this, I just have to do this. You know, there's yeah. no question in my mind. There is no doubt in my mind. And yeah. then it makes it a lot easier to make those sacrifices. And there were big sacrifices. There were definitely some things that uh, didn't exactly uh, help me have the greatest personal life outside of business, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking also on uh, spending l more of your time working and less of your time, you know, socializing with your friends, family, and yeah, so on, right? exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so my, my question there is, what if it didn't work out? Like, did this ever come out in your mind that you're like, okay, I'm sacrificing all of this. My, my friends, you know, are going on holiday are, are, uh, or my family is gathering for birthdays and I'm, I'm here working. What if it doesn't work? You know, what, what if I, I have to, you know, s sell my company or get rid of my company and w go work for someone else? Did, did, was this something that was part of your mindset or your mind? Back then? I'm definitely aware of the danger. I'm still yeah. aware of the danger right now. Yeah. But uh, even if uh, something bad were to happen, I know for a fact that I'm always going to come back to this. First of all, I don't even consider it as an option. 
to be honest, to fail. I mean, sure, there might be setbacks. Sure, you're not going to make that amazing profit. You're not going to make any profit at all. We're not going to be able to do yeah, the things you want, build that nice house, get that nice whatever. Uh, but I just don't see it as an option. I, I don't have a backup plan. <laughs> I, the backup there's the backup plan is to try again is to restart if something bad happens that's the thing when when you start something the only way to succeed is to be fully committed if you have backup plans in mind you're never going to truly succeed those backup plans will uh drag you down will, will drag you down exactly I, I also still want to go back to the to the your first employee so you got your um, the budget i guess your runway couldn't cover a full year or or could it no no Sadly, so no. so you you convinced your friend you you gathered you i guess you got your first client and um, so walk me through that like did it work out and or how how did it go uh, it coincided with one of the uh, customers that failed somehow okay. so that was also one of uh, one of the most terrifi terrifying things that happened but then um, another uh, customer came along recognizing the value of uh, of this uh, this friend and things started going better from there uh, and then yeah another person and another person and another person and so on it was something that i tried to postpone, postpone as much as possible to be honest getting someone else to rely on you That's not yeah. something that even if it's just a person, I mean you have to you have to think that as you said the runway was very short, less yeah. than a year, and that's very bad to be honest. I don't think that anyone else should try and do it again. <laughs> Please <laughs> don't. Uh, and this person was someone we you know who has a family, someone who relied on the income. It wasn't a joke. And now you have more employees, right? Yes, uh, under 10, as I said. The full number is uh, around that. Uh, we have some, you know, part-time collaborations as right, well. Right, right, yeah. So, it, so it feels that it's uh, that it's growing, right? So, how how do you feel about that? Do you feel that like okay, now I'm feeling it. I'm feeling that it's taking off. Or how how do you feel? Uh, you have to enjoy the small victories. So every small customer that you every customer that you sign a contract with, every new. Uh, member of the team you have to enjoy them i don't really uh, think about these things that much i i'm honestly thinking about the next customer the next employee uh, the next project uh, so i don't really have that much time to think about how what happened until now um you always have to plan for the future um and it's a growing company Uh, it's it's still a startup. If I mean, even if even if it's eight years old, so it's gonna be eight years old on in October. It's still a startup because, as I said, it only started a couple of years ago. Actually, uh, the biggest problem I have right now is uh, getting more people on board. I actually have projects that I cannot staff uh, fast enough, and I'm uh, I'm facing the problem of losing customers because I cannot staff their project. It's horrifying and good at the same time, I guess. Yes, it, it's good, but it's not so good because it, yeah, when you do the math <laughs> and you, you, you see that you, you need to grow because you need to, to put your money uh, where your mouth is in some cases. And, and you need, when once you start growing, there's really no going back, not, not an easy way to go back. 
does the does the f fear of failure gets uh, worse as you grow because you feel like I cannot fail now and I'm so big or or is it the same? I think there's a point which yes, you're probably a bit too big to fail in the common sense of the word. I mean, as a software agency, if you have enough uh, people, if you have, I don't know, even between 10 to 20 people, those are incredibly valuable resources. Those people are incredibly valuable. Their skill is incredibly valuable. So even if, you know, you fail somehow, there's going to be someone on the horizon trying to acquire you or to acquire those uh, those people, it's go. It's it's not that scary at that point, I guess. But of course, you want to achieve. You you want to succeed by yourself. So that's not really what you're thinking. I mean, I personally am not thinking about an exit. I will never do an exit if I have a choice. The fear is always present, but I think the fear always also drives you to yeah. do more and more and to work more and to try and fix the the issues. Yeah, also not not a, not having fear sometimes just means that you're careless, right? So yeah, it's exactly. always good that to and uh, and tell me something. So at the moment you are working for others, right? You you are working in projects from other companies. But I know that you already have also some ideas for your own projects and you have been working in like little side projects. And uh so yeah. and I know that there's a there's something uh, that you're working now that you're very passionate about. Uh, do you want to speak about it? Yeah, uh, a bit of history here, if you uh, if you'll allow it. So of course. Uh, the reason why we started off these uh, small projects, uh, in-house projects, uh, internal projects, if we can call them that, is uh, we we are trying to use them as uh, stepping stones for uh, the more junior developers that we have. Or the more, uh, yeah, or the people that we're trying to train, because mm -hmm. we also try that. You know, if we if we find someone who is a great person but needs some experience to become a great developer as well, we are gonna we need some some project. We need to simulate uh, a real project as close as possible because we're not going to start them off in a in a customer project uh, from the beginning. We we, we do some training. Um, because that's very important. We tend not to lie to our customers, so that they usually don't get unexperienced people in their project. And uh, we had multiple, uh, multiple little projects. I mean, even the the company, the corporate website, is a, a Next.js project that we're trying using to train people, front-end developers. Even if you only see a couple of uh, lines of text on the website behind it, there is a lot of work done by junior developers that uh, you know started um, learning the technologies there. And one of these projects that we're currently working on, yeah, it's uh, it was something that you inspired me to do actually. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a surprise. Yeah, I didn't mention that before. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know you have uh, changed it, and uh, you're uh, making a good case for uh, for one of the biggest issues we have right now. Yeah. As a, as a yeah as a civilization, uh, and uh, it's a little app called Frigodero. <laughs> it's a weird name in Romanian. Uh, it doesn't mean that much. Um, but uh, you can start from a crazy idea and make something great. Yeah. So um, yeah. that's what Frigodero is. And it's actually, uh, we want to start doing this uh, sort of fridge management 
app mm -hmm. that um, notifies you when you have open packages that you need to finish when you have products that are expiring soon because one of the things that unfortunately i do myself is waste food you know i realized yeah. it uh, at some point okay but i'm wasting so much food and, and it, it, it's a big problem too yeah it's, it's a, a huge problem. problem it's a huge problem it, it's whenever i see people throwing food in the trash expired or not that's yeah. irrelevant why, why did it get to that point it it's it's horrible it's it's one it's one of the things that really bothers me the most and it bothers me because unfortunately i did it and sometimes yeah. i find myself yeah, doing it we want to to help you reduce food waste by managing your fridge better by notifying you that you need to take care of those expired products expired groceries or and even one of the most important features we want to implement um, which is going to be probably one of the most difficult things to implement because it requires a lot of content actually, is suggesting you things that you can do with these uh, items ah, that are expiring. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, that wow, are either expiring or yeah. need to be done. No, that's a great idea. And, and uh, quite often people also forget what they have in the fridge. So having such an, uh, such an app, exactly, yeah. it's amazing. I, I, I think it's like one in every... So in the, in the US, when people buy, for instance, three bags of uh, groceries, one goes to waste it's it's either yeah one third or crazy. one fourth go, goes to waste which is completely crazy and uh, of course the energy to produce uh, that food it's, it's immense so i really appreciate that idea i think it's it's great so do you also have an idea already how to make money with it or it's just still let's build a product and figure that out afterwards Let's build the product and figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. Okay. To be honest, we hope to have some sort of uh, first version in the next couple of months. Yeah. So there's nothing we we can share now with uh, with our listeners. At the moment, I am afraid not. I'm okay. afraid not. Um. But uh, yeah, hopefully in the next uh, couple of months. Yeah. Let's do it like this. Maybe we can do another. Yeah. Let's do another episode one day just about that. Just about the uh, frigo yeah. and how it evolved. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, I would really like that, and uh, yeah, cool. yeah, let's let's say in two months that would be possible. Cool, Christy, it was great speaking with you. I think there's so many great tips that we that we spoke about it here, and I think a lot of uh, our listeners will uh, will really appreciate that. I will just finish with the last question, which is: if there is someone now starting their consultancy company, what is like? the one tip if you could only give one tip to them what is the most important tip you would give them don't do it for the money uh what can you bring to the customers can you really bring value to the customers if so go ahead if you're only doing it for the money stop there are so many others who are doing it just for the money yeah christy thank you thank you so much i would also uh, invite you to to join our wannabe entrepreneur Slack channel. It's a it's a channel where we have most of the people we interview are there plus the members. Uh, and to become a member, uh, now it's it's for the listener. If you want to become a member and speak with the, with Christy and all other people that we interview, you can just go to buy me a coffee and, and it's a four euros fee per month. And you also have access to a bunch of uh, premium content and so on. So yeah, Christy, I, I would love for for you to join as well. I would uh, also love to do that. Sure. Sounds great. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. It it was great uh, talking to you. It was great being here. So yeah, really happy about it. Yeah, me too, Christy. And uh, now for the listener, if you like this podcast, it would really mean the world to me if you could share it with your uh, entrepreneur friends. And if you like this kind of interviews, I would uh, recommend you to listen to interview 
that I did with uh, Matthias, episode 29, one of the, the first. And uh, yeah, it's great. Matthias is also a developer and he speaks about the project that he started and finished in just 10 days. And uh, yeah, this was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you tomorrow.